taking enough risk. Huh? What does that mean? So playing it ultra conservative in the case of this episode of the podcast in relation to your investments and retirement planning, but just in general, playing it ultra conservative is a risk in itself. You miss out on opportunities, you miss out on reaching your full potential. And as I discuss in here, you run the risk of running out of retirement savings sooner than you would have otherwise. Enjoy. Hello and welcome. Just gone live. It's 12.30 on a Friday here in Melbourne. Uh, for those that haven't caught one of my live streams before, my name's James Rickley. I'm a principal and uh, advisor at, at Melbourne-based financial advice firm, First Financial. Happy 2021. Happy New Year to anyone that hasn't seen any of my posts or caught my live stream from, from last week. Um, Obviously, midway through January now, uh, I was running December dailies where I jumped on live uh, for nearly every day uh, of, of the working week uh, through December of last year uh, and thought I would kick off the lunchtime live series that I was running uh, for a little while there, um, lunchtime live session that I was running for, uh, for, for a fair bit of last year. So my intention for 2021 is to try and go live uh, at this time on a Friday each week on a different topic. Maybe I'll get a guest along and um, yeah, we'll see where, where we go to. So there's a couple of people joining. Thank you for jumping on uh, and joining me in the live stream. I put one of those scheduled posts up. So it's a kind of a new feature that StreamYard and LinkedIn have, which is helpful to give you a bit of a heads up on what the topic might be. If it's of interest, you can jump on and, and, and have a listen. Uh, I will, this is being recorded, I'll put up the uh, the audio on my podcast uh, if anyone is kind of in and out or preferences to actually listen to some of this stuff uh, via a podcast rather than sit here at a, at a lunchtime watching me ramble on live. So thank you for everyone that's joining me. Um, if you're there, let me know you're there, give us a thumbs up or a like, comment, what's for lunch on your end? I've just scoffed down a homemade pizza. Uh, I am still uh, sitting at home for the time being working uh, I was in the office in the city on Wednesday uh, we'll be I'll be in the office Wednesdays and Thursdays from next week now that uh, Melbourne the office capacity restrictions have been lifted somewhat and we can get to 50% office capacity so I'll be in uh, on, on Wednesdays and Thursdays uh, the rest of the week from home for the time being from from Jack's bedroom where I've been sat uh, for a little while now um, so I, I guess I, I get into this week's topic uh, and as per the, the headline there that I put up, uh, the risk of not taking enough risk. Um, and what does that actually mean? You'd think if you're, you know, how is not taking any risk a risk in itself? Um, now, this can be interpreted in a, in a whole different, you know, whole number of ways. Uh, Stephanie, chicken salad on your end, a bit of, bit more healthy than my my pizza that I had, although it was a chicken pizza. David, thank you for jumping on and and joining in too. Um, so as I was saying, that the topic, the risk of not taking enough risk. Now, how is not taking any risk a risk in itself? Now, as I said, it can be interpreted in a whole range of different ways. You can go down the track of you know this this whole idea of not wanting to die wondering. You don't, don't kind of don't don't die wondering. Um, you know, what might have been, what could have been. And, and that's whether you, you know, um, uh, you know, success on a sporting field, you didn't give it, give it, a, give it a, 
a, a real crack, starting a business, you know, whatever it might be, this whole whole idea of not kind of uh, not not wanting to die wondering. And that that itself is a hesitation a lot of people in taking the risk of whatever that whatever it is that they're trying to do. It is a risk to go from, you know, what you know and that, and that comfort to, to push forward. Um, that's not really where I'm going to want to take this conversation today. Um, it's, it's more of a um, more, more, more down the path of, of, of kind of finance and, and planning, retirement, uh, those kind of things, which is the area in, in, in which I work for, for anyone that's, um, that, that's not familiar. Um, this can something you can, this can also come up um, inadvertently. So you just I guess let past time pass you by um, without actually doing things. If we if we head down the, down the investment track for a minute, so you know you work a job, buy a house, pay off your mortgage, great. Uh, if anyone's caught any of my my live streams or the, or the audio from the December daily, uh, I was talking about the beauty of the the superannuation system and where someone can end up. Uh, by the time they get to retirement age, whatever whatever that may be, by really just working, having a job, collecting super contributions, letting that compound away for for you know 20, 30, 40 years, uh, you'll likely end up uh, in a in a pretty reasonable position. But you can have that kind of niggling feeling in the back of your mind to say, well, what else could I have achieved uh, if if I actually had have done something more, taken on a little bit more risk? And so, as I said, you may, you may very well be doing that. But as in in itself, can inadvertently uh, you can miss out on, on, on opportunities and and could have been in an even better position. You may not need to be in an even better position, but it might open the doors to you, know, you, you donating money and helping worthy causes, helping families, those kind of things. So so things that you might not have been able to do had you have had you have done nothing. Now. Um, uh, June, see you're in there as well, and Anuj, thank you for jumping on, and, and Mina, uh, you're a pretty regular guest, so thank you for, for jumping on the live stream as well. Um, so this tends to come up, the conversation with clients, it tends to come up and, 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 it, and it comes out of a lot of people's mouths, um, it says we're conservative. So we, we talk about doing some stuff, putting some plans together, taking some steps, making some, uh, taking some action, making some steps. Uh, and and partway through the conversation, say people will say, "Oh, we're we're conservative." Now, I think that that response to say, "Oh, we're conservative people," I think that's just ingrained in 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 a lot of people. Partly, it's probably a lack of understanding, and they just don't know, you just don't know what you don't know, and we're all the same. We don't know what we don't know. Um, but what I've found over the years of doing the work that I do is that most people um, are a whole lot less conservative than they might actually think they are. And, and this is kind of jumping ahead and something I'll explain in a little bit. But uh, one one exercise we go through with clients is trying to help them understand their attitudes towards investing. It's useful, and I need to know from from the advisor seat, but also uh, helping the clients just understand a little bit more about themselves. And so we go through a series of questions, saying, you know, what if this happened? What if that happened? What if something else happened? Engage their responses, and more often than not, once you have had that conversation, there's a bit of a a relax, a relaxation going on from the client side to understanding that they're not quite as conservative as they thought they may have been. When you dig a little bit deeper, though, around this idea of someone saying, "Oh, we're conservative," you know, we're going to invest conservatively, um, particularly when it's someone that's approaching retirement or you know just transitioned through to retirement, uh, uh, 
often that's coming from a place of fear of running out of money. When you when you dig it, dig deep enough, you press hard enough, you ask the right questions, you you tend to uncover um, this fear of in in people of running out of money. Now, running out of money means different things to different people. It may mean that hey, you don't have enough money to go on the annual overseas holiday that you might have might have been aspiring to go uh, to go on. It, it, it's it, that's a bit of a kind of a keeping up with the Joneses. Need to have the same type of car, live in the same kind of neighbourhood, travel to the same type of destinations that our friends are doing, that our neighbours are doing, that our family is doing. So it comes from this 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 place or the or this fear of running out of money. But what does that actually mean? That means different things for different people. So this idea of running out of money, it can be you actually have nothing left, and so, and, and you know in, in in others, this idea of running out of money can be that they can't live the life that they aspired to or that they thought they should be doing um, to kind of keep up with 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 their friends. Um, it is it is natural to to think that as time goes on and as people get older, as they approach retirement and transition through to retirement, um, that you might want to invest a little bit more conservatively, that people come uh, come across as, as as a bit more conservative. And, and you can understand that in that you know, people have worked you know, through, through their working lives, they've done whatever they've done to build up whatever assets they've built up. They don't want to go losing that. So often then we'll, we'll take more of a conservative approach. But as with the topic here, um, not taking on enough risk is a risk in itself, and, and I don't think enough people understand uh, the, the ramifications of that. So people have worked hard through their lives. They've built up whatever assets they've built up. They don't want to go losing it. When someone's younger, um, that fear doesn't exist quite so much because if they're, if they're working, there's another paycheck just around the corner. Next week, the next fortnight, next month, I'm going to be paid again. So it doesn't matter quite so much. There isn't quite the reliance on whatever my assets might be doing, whatever I've managed to build up, because there's another paycheck coming. Um, but when the paychecks stop, well, you're kind of just left with whatever you've got. Uh, and, uh, and and that's where some of this conservative conservatism can uh, can jump in. Um, what I wanted to, to just show you here, and I've got a, I'll do a screen share in a second. It's just a glorified Excel spreadsheet, really. Uh, but just to, just to look at the impact of um, uh, being overtly conservative and what that can what that can do to someone's retirement savings, you can flip it the other way around. I haven't got the calculator here, but you can flip it the other way around for for those that are younger and typically my my audience on on LinkedIn aren't retirees. Um, they're, they're they're more younger and, and building um building assets up. So you can kind of flip it flip it the other way. If we go all the way to the extreme and say someone's conservative, this this, this response that people come back with and say, oh, I'm, I'm conservative, um, that kind of leads you down the path of saying, well, if you go all the way to the extreme, the most conservative thing that you can do with your money is put it in a term deposit. Uh, at the moment, interest rates on term deposits are about half of a percent, so they are incredibly, incredibly low. Will they stay at half of a percent forever? Probably not. Over time, they'll probably likely go up. But they're unlikely to go up a whole lot from where they currently are, even if they went to 2%. Now, that, that, that's the rate on term deposits going up by four times. That's a huge increase uh, from where from where things currently are. So on the share screen that I'll, that I'll bring up here, I'll zoom in a bit more so that it comes through properly on the, um, 
on the share screen there, but it's just a, a glor as I said, it's a glorified Excel spreadsheet. I've put in some basic details in here and it says, look, if someone had a million dollars uh, that was invested at 2%, as I was talking before about you take the old ultra conservative approach, and they were drawing $5,000 a month from um, their from their benefits, from their from their super benefits. So that's that's someone not spending uh, at a huge rate, drawing sixty thousand dollars a year from a million dollar portfolio. That's probably pretty typical uh, for for people that I would see that have got about a million dollars spending sixty thousand dollars a year. So not certainly not going overboard, but uh, spending at a particular rate. Uh, and if the, if you as if you take this ultra conservative view to say, well, you just put all of your money in term deposits. Current rates are about half of a percent. It's probably unrealistic to expect that they'll be there forever. So I've just put in here too. So an assumption that interest rates go up a little bit from here, or you picked a conservative investment option in your super fund or wherever else you may be investing. Um, as you can see here, uh, over time, uh, spending the $60,000 a year, uh, you run out of money uh, in, in about 17 years at, at an average return of of around 2%, which isn't great. If someone retired when they were 60, uh, that means they've run out of money by the time they're 77. That's not great. Statistically, they're likely to live a whole lot longer than that. So we want to see that see that go a bit further. If instead, though, um, you, you know took a more of a you know, more of a balanced type growth type approach and had an average return of say six, I'm just making up numbers here: five percent, six percent, and you can see all of a sudden that. That, that the graph starts to last a bit longer. Now, that was always going to be the case. The higher the, the, higher the rate of return, the longer this money is going to last. Um, but we're starting to get to a point where, uh, where statistically, for someone that's 60, it takes them through until about their mid-80s. Uh, statistically, that's around life expectancy. So I guess the, kind of highlighting the point there that being too conservative will generally mean that you'll earn less over time. You earn if you don't earn enough over time, you're just going to burn through your money very quickly, and it's almost just as bad as you know having it invested, watching it going up and down, and all that that kind of panicking that can go along with it. What you want to focus on is the longer term, which kind of then brings me to um, <coughs> excuse me to the, to the next part. So, how do we, as I said in the in in the show notes before I went, went live, I wanted to leave you with something, uh, a kind of a, a, an action point for you to take to say well what approach can you can you take uh, towards setting things up now uh, that, that may take you through uh, to to transitioning through to retirement um, and, and being in a position where you want to take the worry away we need to take this kind of human influence away from things too much have a structure uh, where our own biases our own you know um, beliefs and things are, are separated a little bit from what's going on uh, with the investments so I'll screen share again. I'm just going to grab a different uh, window here. It's just Word. Um, put this, you can see it there. Um, so if I just zoom this a bit. Um, so the approach that we take, as I said before, there's an exercise around understanding someone's attitude. So there's a series of questions that we go through uh, designed to you know, flesh out and, and, and facilitate a conversation with people around their attitudes and the way that they uh, the way that they may feel in, in investing. We start though with what's called circumstances. So we uh, we break up anyone's investments or, or, or their their investing life into into three areas. 
being cash, call it term deposits, interest bearing type investments, uh, and then growth. I'll just do G for growth down the end here. So we, we break it up into, into these three kind of areas and then say, well, how much do you need from this pool of assets that you've got? So whether it's your super fund, whether it's other money that you've got, wherever it may be, how much do you need to live off? Uh, so for my clients that are in their 30s and 40s, that's pretty easy. The answer to that is zero. They're working. And that's, what's, that's what's covering their lifestyle. For those that are older well, then and, and retired, well, obviously, they're starting to live off their money. But we set aside one year's worth of whatever that spending need is in cash. We set aside another three to four years in this kind of interest-bearing term deposit space. Uh, and then the rest of it, whatever's left over, just sits down the end here in growth. Um, any income that's earned on the, this kind of term deposit space, at least in the first instance, we get it paid back to cash. Same thing with the growth over here, any rent or dividends, whatever it may be, paid back to cash over here. Um, where there's where there's money coming in, so if someone's working and, and building up, there's obviously money going in. Again, in the first instance, it, it goes into the cash account, but then through the, the, the plan and the setup that we do and the regular ongoing advice, we're then saying, well, there's money building up in here. What are we going to do with it? Do we put it here? Do we put some of it down the end here? And that's part of the um, part of the planning process. Uh, one question that often comes up, though, you know, we'll, if I'm working with someone that you know may have been 50 at the time that they started working with me and have transitioned through, that's all well and good. We've got this approach, so we're you know we're, uh, if if we don't need anything from our our investments, it's it's quite heavily growth focused. But as you slowly get closer to retirement, how do you make that transition to say, well, I've had this big growth focus, but understanding this approach that we want to provision some in cash and some in uh, in this term deposit type space for whenever. Uh, whenever work stops, uh, in the last few years of retirement, rather than this money going in and you know buying a whole lot of shares and property and all the rest of that we may have been doing for years up until that point, we actually stop doing the buying of those and, and so instead direct this money into the cash and term deposit space. So we don't want anyone in a position, this applies retirement phase and and pre-retirement phase, we don't really want anyone in a position where they're forced to sell their growth investments down the end here just to cover their living needs. We want someone to be able to hold on to these for as long as possible to actually achieve those better returns that I was showing on that on that, uh, on that graphic before on the share screen. So the, the buying that we're doing through here, whether someone's 30, 40, 50, we know we're buying, we're buying, we're buying. If they're working, we want them to continue to hold those all we do is in the last few years, we stop doing the buying and start building up more of the buffers in, in these two so that when the time comes, can I get a different colour green here? Um, so when the when the time comes that that, that, that this stops, the work, the work stops, and instead of drawing nothing out here, they may be drawing the 60000 that I had on there before. We've spent the couple of years beforehand building up cash, building up term deposits so that on the day they retire, they don't have to worry about if COVID flares up and markets come crashing back down again. It's all, it's all prepared for. So that's, I guess, the solution to this whole. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're conservative. Um, we're conservative people. If you just take that on face value, it kind of leads you to they put all your money in the bank. But following a structured approach, you can, uh, you can kind of move away from that. Have some level of control over what's going on. Um, and, and achieve some of those better returns, which mean that your money either lasts longer or grows faster, uh, depending on which stage of life 
you are at. Um, so that's the approach we take. Hopefully, um, that is, is, is of some value uh, to you for those that are younger and working and, and, and building up. And that approach leads to having all of your money in the growth investments because you don't need them. You're not living off them. So if it goes up or down from one day to the next, it doesn't really matter. Uh, any investing you're doing should be for a much longer period. You're not you know, buying and selling and speculating on price in a short period of time. Uh, but it's important that as, as it becomes nearer and nearer that you may need to start to live off these assets. Maybe it's you have aspirations of retiring when you're 45. Building up some of that provision in the middle um, helps uh, help, helps with that, with that transition and means that you are less reliant on the shares when the time comes that you actually need to live off them. Um, so Mina, yeah, thank you for, uh, for, for jumping on uh, and watching. I'm just about at the end of, of the presentation uh, for today. So there's that circumstance piece, which is those, those kind of three buckets. The other bit is, as I said, right at the start, a whole series of questions that we go through to flesh out someone's attitudes. Uh, and some of those, and, and, and the first one, the first question that we ask is to, to say, if we were sitting here today, looking at whatever investments you may hold, uh, and and looking at them and, and see that they've dropped by 20% in the last year, what do you think your first reaction might be? Do you think you would sell all of them, sell part of them, just sit tight and wait for them to recover? Or would you try and buy more, try, try and buy more of those assets? Uh, that one is kind of triggers the unlock and then we go on further um, talking about losses and, and, and the like. So all of those questions are more on the negative side, which is important. Uh, most people will take as much of a positive return as they possibly can. So, you know, on the upside, uh, there is no limit. But on the downside, uh, obviously, a lot of people have have some type of limit there uh, to how far they're willing to go. So we, we, we kind of work through that exercise. Um, so that's it for me today. Um, lunchtime Live done for the first, uh, the first session of Lunchtime Live for the year. Uh, I'll be back Friday next week, um, come up with another topic in between. But if anyone's catching this um, either live now or on the replay and there's something specific that you want me to, to talk about, by all means, you know, drop a comment or send me a message and, and I can weave that into the schedule. Uh, thank you, uh, everyone, for joining me, that, particularly those of you that have kind of commented and let me know uh, who's actually watching. Otherwise, I don't know who's there other than I can see a number how many people are how many people are watching i don't know specifically who's there so hope you've had a great week for me it's been first week back at work i know for a lot of others it's been first week back also so hopefully getting back into the swing of things and um, enjoy your weekend i'll see you live next week uh, for another lunchtime live at 12 30 on friday see you then bye